Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listeners, we're back after a bit of an unplanned break to be honest and some of the lads are still away so today we've got a pod debut in The Voice off Twitter. Uh, Sam's also joining me as well. We'll discuss the Burnley game, the end of the transfer window and we'll answer a few listener questions as well so as always I hope you enjoy. Boys, how are we? Sam, are you well? Yeah, all good, thank you mate. All good. Good, good. The Voice, a pod debut. How are you? It is indeed. Yeah. Are you well? All good here. All good here, yeah. Good. Good. Um, I'll refrain from using your real name. I'll just refer to you as V. Um, but Much appreciated. Cheers. Yeah, I assume uh, the mother-in-law's not giving you any grief for coming on tonight, is she? No, no, no. We're clear tonight. We're clear tomorrow. <laughs> it's cross paths. Um, yeah, as I say at the start of every episode, if you like what we do here at From the Finney, you can support the podcast. Um, there's a few different ways to do so. You can head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney, uh, and any donations that are received there are massively appreciated. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, you can leave us a review on there. And if you're listening on the Spotify app, you can leave us a star rating on there. And it's been going for months and I still don't know what it does, but it looks good. First up, boys, I know there's been a few games since we last recorded. Uh, a 1-0 win, a 1-0 defeat, and I think it was a 0-0 draw. I'm not going to cover any of them. That's war under the bridge as far as I'm concerned. We'll talk about Burnley last night. Yeah, first up, and this is a bit of a new feature. Um, I say a new feature, like it's going to be regular. I don't know if it's going to be regular. This is an opportunity. It presented itself, and I took it with both hands. But here's George from the No Nay Never podcast, uh, Burnley podcast, and his thoughts on the game. Hi, guys. George here from the No Nay Never podcast. Uh, Thoughts on last night's game. It's the kind of game that we're getting used to this season where we have most of the ball. We're going after a game. We're trying to win a game, but we're just struggling struggling to break teams down. I thought you guys defended really well. You can tell why you've, before last night, only conceded is it two goals all season or something silly like that. And you can tell why. It's just a well-drilled side. And we really struggled to break that down. I think we were sluggish last night. Um, there wasn't there wasn't as much getting the ball in behind. It was all, all a bit too easy for you guys to defend. Um, I thought our winger played well, Manuel Benson. And it showed in that Robbie Brady, who was... Uh, a bit of a, a crowd anti-favourite in the Burnley end last night. Robbie Brady lost his head once or twice, didn't he? And uh, got a yellow card for his troubles. Um, but Benson was really impressive for us. 
But when it came to the end product, there's not much you can do when you're trying to cross it in for just Jay Rodriguez and he's got three big centre halves marking him. So we really struggled to get struggled to create anything particularly threatening for you guys. And to, to your credit, I think you probably created the better chances in the second half, funnily enough. But yeah, it's just one of those games that we're getting used to now, uh, where we just we, we don't particularly feel in any danger because we've got the ball most of the game, which certainly, it obviously has its critics, but I tell you what, I'm less anxious when we've got the ball than the, the, opposition, than the, the opposition's got the ball, so I don't mind it. Um, but yeah, just one of those games that we're getting used to. Port Preston, you were defensively impressive. Couple of chances going forward, but feel like neither side really threatened each other uh, bar, bar the goals. So, just one of those games. Good Lancashire derby. thought the, it was uh, quite nice in the 19th minute when uh, both sets of fans paid tribute to, uh, to Alex. Uh, and obviously a nice moment before the game for all lovers of the monarchy. Um, so, yeah, good game. Good Lancashire derby. It's good to have these sort of games back. It's been too long. And... Uh, Look forward to welcoming you to Turf more next year. Hopefully we can pick up the three points that time. But who knows? Anyway, until next time, guys. Cheers for that, George. Um, if you want to listen to more Burnley content, I don't imagine why anyone listening to this would, but, yeah, you can check out the No Name Never podcast on social media. Um, I think George's point about neither side really creating many chances last night was was a fair point um i know it was another draw uh we saw a goal at deepdale as well but yeah it was it was pretty drab wasn't it overall i, I actually thought the atmosphere was one of the worst i've been to uh, for, for, from our end uh i just thought right from the off i don't know if there was a fear uh and and, and that kind of fed in the crowd, I thought, I thought the players looked, they didn't want to make a mistake. They didn't want to make a mistake, the players thought. I thought, I don't again, whether that's tactically, whether, I don't know, they, they, they were scared of what they'd seen before, but I don't know, they just, it's just not, it's not, it's not exciting, is it? You, you, you don't enjoy it. You're not, it's not even a nervous excitement. There's kind of nothing there. You're just kind of going through the motions a bit. Uh, I think... You know, look at the players. Midfield's obviously causing a massive problem with your picks. Uh, people seem to drop in and out. You know, he, he pulls Johnson off two, two, three weeks ago after 35 minutes. And then he's given him captaincy last night. Uh, I just think, you know, it don't work like that, does it? You know, in any, any walk of life, it doesn't work like that. You, you can't, you know, these lads need to perform for you. And you can argue they're overpaid and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, you manage them, don't you? That, that's his job. Uh and I think to stick him in, I thought Johnson had a poor game, but again, I thought, you know, he, he, he pulls McCann off, I think, at any opportunity. I think there's some of the... He doesn't fancy him. I think he's been forced to play him because I think we've only scored when McCann's been on the pitch. So that kind of indirect pressure, uh, I, I think he quite clearly wants Brown in there with Whiteman and then everywhere else he can slot in. Uh, I think, do, you think, kind of... do you think Ledson... Appears to be a bit of a favourite as well. He seems to, uh, uh, proper to me at least, at proper like sort of random opportunities. He he's like he's thrown in there just out of the blue when you'd maybe it, you maybe look at it and think, yeah, this is maybe a, a game for uh, Brown and McCann or McCann and DJ or whoever. And then uh, all of a sudden you 
you're facing Rotherham at home with a box midfield with Ryan Lesson in there. I wasn't totally... I was, to be honest with you, Jake, I was quite surprised Lesson didn't start yesterday. I was quite in favour of the fact he didn't because I thought the way Burnley play, having two strikers up with a team that tend to leave two back could have broken us apart. But like you said, Lowe does tend to favour against teams that are going to have a lot of possession. You know, we had a lot of success against Luton with it, which I think is where he's sort of stuck with it from. I thought he might start with Ledson just to try and, you know, contain the, you know, clear amount of possession Burnley were going to have and did have in the game. I think they added it about 67%, something like that. So I was expecting him to start with the box and probably power it up front. I was quite surprised when he didn't. Pleasantly surprised, but I wasn't totally surprised again in the second half to see him revert back to it because, you know, certainly the last real sort of 20 minutes of that first half and Burnley were all over us really were hardly having a touch of the ball and I think he sort of shit himself really, didn't he? And went back to that box. So, you know, he knew he'd at least have that Defensive protection, which as fans is quite boring to watch. And again, you have to question this attacking brand when he's, you know, making substitutions like that at half time in a derby game. But I think he just probably at half time he wanted a point, and by bringing Ledson on and having that box, he, you know, he got what he probably wanted. Do you think? Do you think he perhaps needs to sort of trust in his players a little bit more? I know he's, he's pointed to the yellow card, hasn't he, for Ali coming off and. Part of me feels like that's just a bit of an excuse. Um, you know, I think you got senior players around you there that I think you just need to show a little bit of trust in. Let them go and play out the second half on a yellow card and not make that challenge to, to pick up another. I know it's a risk, but yeah, do you think he, he does maybe need to show a little bit more trust in some of his players? I think he trusts certain players. It's quite obvious he trusts certain players. We all know who they are, there. don't we? Yeah, and I think that that I think ultimately is what if things don't pick up. I know we're ninth, we're not. We've got one defeat, but there's frustration. And I think that could be what what comes to put the pressure on, really, won't it? You know, we we had it with Reese not starting, we're not scoring, but we're turning down offers of, of, of X amount of million. You know, it, it doesn't add up, does it? And and well, I just think. <laughs> You know, McCann's got a lot of support. He's been out of the team last season when we signed him. He, he's played a bit. He hasn't played a bit. He, he's looked good. Uh, but he just doesn't seem to to get the chance, does he? You know, there's only Whiteman, I think, who's consistently started the season midfield, and he? Brown as well, but he's been in and out as well. But it's just the way it, it kind of changes. And I, I don't think it's a case he doesn't know his team. I just think, I don't know. But then again, I don't think he's one to bow to fan pressure. I think, you know, he backs himself that much to make the choice. Uh, but it's, it, it's, I don't know, it, it's, it, it, I think he does have lads he wants to shoe on him uh, at the expense maybe of the, the best 11. I think uh, one criticism I've got of him, just is like, sorry, he just he seems very, he said in the coach's voice, I've alluded to it previously on a different episode, he's very much back to the system he's got and I don't think a lot of our players probably fit the system. I don't think Robbie Brady fits this system. I don't think Ali McCann fits this system. There's an argument Johnson fits the system, but Alan Brown, you know, we've seen him plays best as like a number 10 as such and he starts a bit deeper here. So Emil Reese. Sort of comes up. Yeah, exactly. He, you know, had a lot of success under Frankie McAvoy when he was left a bit more exposed to, you know, left defenders, left defence a bit more exposed against him, but shoe on him players into the system. I don't think it's going to work long term. So, so he's going to give, really, isn't it? Because this is the first time I think Lowe's probably been in pressure in the job a bit. A few people calling him out more so than when he got the job. And if you can't get the players on side and if the players aren't going to fit into this system, it's going to be a tough campaign for himself, isn't it? 
Very rigid, isn't he? He's not budging off the formation, is he? He's not. You got, you got something different. Uh, again, I think I like Brady. I think he's, he has got a bit of quality about him, but you know, he's his left back, he's more his left wing back, whatever. His most effective position. He, he struggled last night. Uh, I, I like seeing further forwards, but it's where you're giving the team further forward, and in that formation, you're slotting into that midfield three, aren't you? Which he's already having problems with. He, he can't find his best. You put your bit Brady to the equation. You know you've got no problem. Because Alvaro slots in naturally. You know looked a threat. He's looked well when he's played. Looked like he was come on. I think you could see last what, what night, you couldn't you? When when Alvaro and Husey both came on, they they almost lit up that left hand side compared to what we'd seen the sort of 70, 75 minutes, whatever it was before they came on. I think. A frustration for me from last night was we were very passive out of possession. There was not a lot of pressing. There was not a lot of counter-pressing when we'd lost the ball. And we were so wasteful in possession. And as I've just said then, when Alvaro came on for that sort of 15, 20-minute cameo, we we got up the pitch. We, we sort of looked to exploit that left-side channel. But prior to that, there was a lot of misplaced passes, there was a lot of overhit passes, and there was a lot of just oofs up the pitch, just just clearing the lines, but we were so deep, it was just coming straight back. I think that's part of the problem, again, of Chiron in plays into this system. I think we've alluded to it in the past, but the typical Ryan Lowe fullbacks as such, which, you know, the, the end of last season, we're talking about bringing these players in, you know, we've said a lot about having square pegs and round holes and players like that, and then Alvaro Fernandez for me, is the only player they've bought in on either side, he would class as a type of left-back who's going to make the system work in terms of when you're not having territory and you're not having a lot of the ball can still be effective as an out ball, you know. A couple of times and probably our biggest chance in the second half was when that ball was played from out on the right and he managed to get that sort of shot come cross out which was cleared away. So I think going forward he's definitely going to be a player who's going to have to start games in order for us to be effective because, you know, like the V says, there's no question in Brady's quality. He's got a wonderful left boot but there's only so much he can do when you're playing against a team that has a lot of the ball and you sort of camped in your own half for 70 minutes of the game like we were yesterday. I know he has played in the past, hasn't he? He's sort of like a, a 10 and a winger. So I think, is there is there maybe an argument that you slot him in further up the pitch and maybe play him, sorry, maybe change just the system a little bit, rejig the uh, the players and, and slot Brady in higher up the pitch and get Alvaro in on that left-hand side? We scored two goals in 10 minutes. There's, there's not an argument, is there? It, it, whether he changes the formation or not, what's, whatever he's doing or whatever he's asking the players to do, you know, is, isn't working, is it? In terms of that, them goals. And, and yeah, we've got a fantastic defensive record. I don't think in 37 matches time, we'll be talking about having the best defence in the league. No. So this is very here and now, isn't it? It's very, you know, that'll be the argument you know, we do, and we are defending. You know, you can't you can't criticise that. And but you know, you, you start to lose two one, and, and it's all we could start to win one there and stuff. But but equally, you know, we're not scoring. And, and last time we didn't really threaten, did we? You know, nah. we had a bit of a, a I won't even say go. We had a few few kind of attacks and, and at the end and broke clear. But again, it was you know we're, we're not troubling teams, are we? I don't think in the games I've seen we're, we're not troubling I think teams. For, uh, for me, I had a look at this before we. We're fifth in the league for the most crosses. Um, West Brom are first, Borough are second, Stoke are third, Sheffield United are fourth. 
And West Brom have scored 12 goals, Borough have scored 13, Stoke 11, Sheffield 17. How many of them have come from crosses? I'm not entirely uh, sure on. But we've we've put in 176 crosses, scored three goals. So it's clear what the plan is when we're playing most of the time is crosses into the box. You know, we've said it before, haven't we, Sam, that it it feels like the games we've played at home, especially against sort of like Hull and Rotherham, get the ball to Robbie Brady, he'll whip it in, it's cleared and that that's that. It and you see him in the warm ups. It it's always worked out to the wide player, crossed into the box and then it's a finish from from the forward. But you know, we're we're nine games into the season, we've scored three goals. 176 crosses into the box. It's clearly not working. We need to do something different. I don't think you've got the forward players to do the crossing. I mean, it drives me mad, that pre-match warm-up thing. I don't see the point in it, because it's all good doing it when you're on a pose, but when there's no six-foot-six season championship centre-backs in front of you, players like Howard Bellis, you know, coming top academies. I mean, Emma Reese has never scored ahead before us, despite scoring 21 last year. And then Troy Parrott, he doesn't reach to me. But like an aerial threat, isn't he? As Ali was saying, he's more of a shadow striker or ten. So it seems to be stuck in two minds because you, you're fielding strikers and you haven't brought in a striker who you've classed as an aerial threat as such. It's a player we've probably not really had at the club since Jaden Stockley left because I don't think Chad Evans is particularly good at it. So I struggle to, you know, understand what conversations have gone on, you know, in, in Lowe's Ed or with Lowe's coaching staff to decide that crossing's the way forward when they are your options present because I don't look at any of the forwards in our squad and class them as, you know, Aerially decent, so seems to be doesn't make sense to me. To be fair, lost for words, how stupid it can be. I think that goes back to the point which I might touch on later. It's are we identify are the players we've signed, players we've identified, are players we, we've had no option but to bring in. You know, you talk about chucking the crosses in. Was Parrot identified as someone who will get any on the crosses? You know, how much how many times have they watched him? That sort of thing. It, it just seems. Pretty scattergun, doesn't it? We need a striker. Let's work from the top. Let's work from City, ring them up. They've no, you know. And, and I just think, you know, working your way down. Yeah, we get to Spurs, or so they'll give us Parrot, and, and we might bring him in. He's, he's at a top club, but you know, he's not scoring nine. And, and it, it doesn't that, feel, game, does it? Good. Doesn't feel like there's much joined up thinking. And I know we'll come on to the transfer window a little bit more in the second part, but. Doesn't feel like there's much joined up thinking in the way that, right, this is how the manager wants to play, this is how he sets up. Let's go out and identify, well, let's identify players that we can then go out and try and get that fit the system and fit the way the manager wants to play. Because, like you've just said, V, there's no way they've looked at Troy Parrott and gone, he's a real aerial threat, let's bring him in and then we'll play this way with being the team that's got the fifth most crosses in the league and in, into the box. It just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I know last night there wasn't many crosses put into the box, but outside of the outside of crosses into the box, we didn't look like breaking Burnley down or creating a chance or cutting them open. And I know people might say, well, they didn't do that to us, but it, I think this is why fans are getting frustrated and... You know, when, when you've got a manager that's come in and promised attacking football and promised this brand of football, he's promised to get the stadium full, which the club have backed him on that. They've reduced season ticket prices and because it around 12,000 season tickets we've sold. That's great. But when you've got 
those numbers, you know, I think Peter said it's a, a record for season tickets for 50 or 60 years or something like that. When you've got those numbers coming to the ground and they've seen one goal at Deepdale in, what, four or five games, you're it's not you're not going to be buzzing to come back, are you? It's just the, the, more concern, the most concerning thing for me, and to an extent I'm not really in Lowe's favour right now, but I do sympathise with him, the fact that he's lost set Vandenberg, so I think, in terms of the way he wants to play, I don't think the centre-backs we've got at the club are good enough to feed into the, the running eights as such to make it work. So I think he probably has to be a little more pragmatic than he might want to be. I know I think we've mentioned it before, we are really limited down the right-hand side. Obviously, Jordan Story's had a solid start to the season, but on the ball, you know, he is quite poor. And then the left-hand side, you know, that's where we're focusing a lot of our attacks, which teams, you know, clearly working quite hard on to shut down the space down that side and make us less effective. But... In the game so far, we've not scored any goal off a sort of regular pattern of play, which does worry me. I mean, the goal yesterday was off a corner, so there's no real regular pattern of play or strategy behind that. The goal at Luton was an absolute worldie, so that's two of them out. You've not really scored a goal off a set sort of pattern of play. And if you've got a manager like Alex Neal, who is going to happily come out and say we'll change his team based on the opposition's weaknesses, that's fine. But Lowe's come out and he has said, you know, to various people, he's going to stay stubborn with the system and he's going to back it. And it simply isn't working. There's no patterns of play and it does really worry me where goals are going to come from in the long term because they don't look like scoring never mind actually scoring well I just it was just just like I said last night it, we, again I don't know if it was tactics or if it was fear we, we just didn't we didn't offer anything we didn't offer anything uh, I think a lot of people thought once they got one that the floodgates could open to be honest yeah. uh, I think the goal you know the, the, the equaliser cliche came at the right time but you know they didn't trouble us but, but I still don't buy into that we are Defensively, a traditional solid defensive team. I don't know if it, I don't think it's luck, but I just think maybe we, we've 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 played teams who haven't overly threatened us and, and that sort of thing, you know. And that that will change over the course of the season, you know. It's not going back to, you know. I remember when the King were in charge, Billy, in, in that season, we Nash it, and, and that that was a solid team. You you knew you 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 had to work to score. I don't think. We will continue for the next eighty-seven being hard to score against as we, we seemingly are now. Uh, that that season, you know, and I think, well, those seasons under Billy, you you felt like it was going to take something special. Felt for unde- a team undefeated, to... he felt unbeatable. Yeah, well, I mean, we've said it before on here, like going going to Deepdale on a midweek under the lights, you, you had no fear. You had absolutely no fear. And like you said, you know, Carlo Nash in net and the back four, what, Moeni, Claude Davis, Davis. Um, Alexander Mears, wasn't it? yeah, like, yes, we've had a good start defensively. Um, Liam Lindsay, arguably player of the season so far. I know it's only nine games, but, you know, not not knocking that at all. Um, Freddie Woodman, I think he should do better with the header last night, but... He has made a couple of very good saves as well in other games. I know exactly what you mean, V. You you go to games and you don't feel defensively a hundred percent secure, do you? Yeah. Which sounds weird like considering we've only conceded two goals, but no, Hughes and Hughes and Lindsay have been fantastic. Uh stories play well. You know, they, they play well. You, you can't knock them. And we've not been the games that I've seen, they've not been backs against the wall at any time, I don't think. You know, even last night. You know, we had that bit of a Alamo towards the end when they were firing Cossie and got him behind us. But even then, we, we you know, we covered well. I just, you know, I think 
they're not scoring is, is, a, is a far bigger concern than the fact that it could be countered by not conceding because I think that will go before we're looking at scoring at the moment. Oh, well, we've mentioned it in the group chat a bit, Jake, haven't we? And I tweeted about it last night. We have had quite a favourable run. And if you look at the games we've got coming up, you know, you've got in the next month or so, you've got Alex Neil Stoke, you go to Sunderland, you've got Toffle League, Sheffield United on a, on Saturday. And obviously we had a game against Bristol City called off on Saturday. These are probably the games that defence is going to be tested because, like you said, V, the defence, although they have looked solid and we haven't really been under the cosh at times, the teams we have played so far are teams that are towards the bottom or that you'd expect to be towards the bottom at the start of the season. I think this test now will definitely answer the, you know, it'll either prove the defence or it'll expose the defence. And I think the same goes for Ryan Lowe as well. I think this next run of games will really show us sort of where we are as a team, as a football club and what we can really expect for this season. I think there's something I've seen a couple of, um, couple of people say on Twitter and I think Jimmy messaged uh, in the group about it as well, but is there an argument to say that maybe Cameron Archer last season covered over some of the cracks? I think it's clear to see, isn't it? I think, you know, you, you go back to the goals, Peterborough, scrappy game, you know, great finish. Blackpool, you know, he, he, he's been the difference where any hole, you know, that, that's now, we were a match winner for us, weren't he? It was a match winner. And we have, I don't think we've got that now. Uh, and I think that's, it's hard to play, you know. He's a good player. Uh, whether they're banking and coming back, whether they kind of got lucky, the fact that he did give us that balance when he came in in January, you know, it's looking like that, isn't it? Uh, but it's it's quite clear that we are missing that quality uh, further forward on the pitch because we just, you know, last night it was it was non-existent really for me. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really have a threat. I, I, they, they didn't never. Re- they never really chose defensively, were they? We never tested them. I think Brown had a a volley. What after about eighteen minutes, we teed up and straight down the keeper's throat. But you know, you think that's really the first chance we can't. Not even chance. You know, shot we kind of had. Yeah, I think uh, there was a, a Robbie Brady one as well, wasn't there? After that, or maybe before that, um, it kind of like fell to him in the box, and he sort of snatched at it, but. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it was clear to see before the window shut for everyone, wasn't it, that we needed a striker um, and another right wing back. But yeah, we'll come on to that properly in the second half. I think unless you boys have got anything else you want to add about Burnley, then then we can wrap part one up there. And there you take a point, wouldn't you? But yeah. then again, yeah, you know, we're, we're you know how impressive were they? I don't think they had a lot of the ball. You know, they had some good quality. But again, you know, if we're talking, you know, for me, expectation at the start of the season, you win the league. You know, for me, it's winning the league. I, I, you know, I'm not into, oh, it's finished top 10, whatever. You know, we want to win the league. And, and you know, I looked at them last night and you think, yeah, they, they were all right. They had a lot of the ball. But the fairness, and I think the, that's the frustration it, that, you know, whether it's tactically, whether it's the transfer market, you, know, you, you sometimes don't need much to get out of this division when you've got a solid base. And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of similar teams in this division which are separated. You know, Mitrovic last season, you know, they're the difference. They're the fine lines, aren't they? Tony a couple of seasons ago, those strikers or whatever, you know, which win. Even go back 20 years, I remember Paul Merson coming to Portsmouth, taking them up. It's that one, two players who will who will take you up. And, and again, I think that could have been the difference if we'd have, you know, looked at that, so to speak. 
So, so we should have signed Diego Costa, shouldn't we? Then? Yeah, well, you know, Cavani, Costa, Barkley, how many do you want? You know what I mean? It's uh, <laughs> a full-time job and two kids. But, you know, <laughs> joking aside, you know, where are we looking? Where are we looking? Yeah, I think you know, I'm sure touch going into a derby game at home against Burnley, you don't really... I know that, like you just said, V, they have a lot of the ball. Um, but I don't think you expect, as the home team, to to sit back and soak up pressure for 90 minutes and be so passive out of possession. Like, I think it's fair, isn't it, from a manager that's promised an attacking brand of football at home in a derby to to expect your, your side to go and have a little bit more of a go at the opponent. Do you think he's instructed them? Do you think that's a tactic? Do you, or, or, or what? I think so. No, yeah. he doesn't come across as very for me. I, you know, and I know you, you know, you advocate this brand of football, Jay. And th- to me, it's about winning for me, and and, and that that come, and I know for you know for majorities, you know, goals getting us back in the ground and all that. I, I, I take a one 0 winning the eighty fifth minute, having one shot every week. Uh, you know, you, you the expectations, you know, what the what the demand is, get promoted. Uh, I think when you don't get the results, then it falls then back into performance. If you get both, which are in a sense, negative. We're not winning and we're not playing well. That's when your problem. Uh, but I think last night, I, I don't know. It surprised me a little bit how we, how we did seem to sit back and, and did it move off on the. Was it instructive? Because the players, like you said, the, the amount of times we wasted possession, and gave it away. Simple five, six yard balls, which were just behind players, too short. I don't know. Was it was it suppressing some of the players' natural game and, and they couldn't adapt to it? You know what what is. You know what the expectation, but you've got a point. Of course, you've got to be happy with it, but we need to start getting wins for me. Hundred percent. Drawing all your games say. doesn't doesn't keep you up, does it? Never mind promoted. No. Um, yeah, boys. Cheers. We'll uh, see you in part two. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. We've got a few listener questions to answer. We'll discuss the end of the transfer window. There's probably a couple of other bits and bobs will come up. And then we'll finish by looking ahead to Sheffield United on Saturday as well. Um, Boys, the window, I think Ryan Lowe made no secret of the fact that he wanted four more in. Uh, We only got two. I've seen some people say that it's negligent of the club. Where, Where do you both stand on how the window ended? negligence towards me and for my half even I mean you've brought in a manager who regardless of your opinion of him you can't deny he's probably one of the most fan favourite managers we've had arguably since Billy Davis you know the king as he's previously referred to in this episode as so I think there was a real good opportunity to get let him bring in the players he want I mean you had a lot of players off the wage bill so there's no doubt that a lot of money would have by Preston standards anyway been available but I mean we'll probably come on to it in a bit but it seems to me like you know they're trying to cut costs as best they can really because I mean Sinclair's off the wage bill that's around 20 grand isn't it you're not paying Alex Neal anymore that's another of the similar bracket so there's no doubt money would have become available and we don't know what 
were paying in terms of the wages for the likes of Alvaro and uh, Troy Parrott. But I mean, I think I was quite disappointed not to see the players come in, and the fact we only bought in one player with money in terms of Freddie Woodman was a bit disappointing. And we had to bring him in, didn't we? We had to keep it. Yeah, you know, I thought there'd been more though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think it's poor. I think it's it, it, you can dress up how you want, really. Even on the, you know, even forget about the, the season ticket sales and, and and that. It's a poor win, you know. Two two left sided plays when we only really play one in the formation you've got. Two goalkeepers which were needed, you know. You can't argue there. But actually, you know, who and how do we identify them? You know, who, who we brought in, who improves us, and and it's not. So it's just been this summer, you know, when was the last time he was kind of blown away by signing? You know, we, we, we've made plays, we've, we've come in and done well. Whiteman, you know, Johnson's had his moments. But actually, you know, what was the last play we kind of signed and he was, he, was, he was excited that we signed them or he went in and went and did well? You know, Hughes has done well. But again, you know, at the time, I remember when we initially got him, he'd been slated. Yeah. Slated. I think, I think the, last one, the... Is the one permanent signing, sorry, Drake, the one permanent signing in terms of you can look at Whiteman being a good player, but I think he came in to replace Piero, so it was a tough job. And like Emil Reese, now nah, but that first season he struggled. The one player for me who came in to suit the system and genuinely hit the ground running and improved us, probably Patrick Bauer at the start of uh, 2019 summer window. It's the last one I can think of. He genuinely improved the start of the legend. I just, I look around and like, who improves us? You know, And I think for me, the concern is, it's not just this summer, you know. It's we've not brought in positions we've needed. So it's not even the players we've we've, we've not brought in positions, have we? You know, we, we've signed two left-hand side players, uh, which you know you could argue we need one, but we've no one on the right uh, striker. It's a miss. You know, how how we identify? Is he sitting down and saying, you know, I need these positions filled? Or, or, or do we need numbers? Because really, what we've got in there. I don't think massively improves us. And, and it's the same year on, year out almost, isn't it? You know, last summer, Brown, uh, Jamie Thomas, uh, Murphy. You know, obviously there's some, there's some you know, gold dust in there with Everson and Archer, but you know, then there's a kind of Wickham. Prem loans though, aren't they? You know, you, you look at... Yeah, oh yeah, the loans. But but I don't, you know, I'm more objective. Ones. Go out and bring whatever you can bring in. I don't know how many loans you can play nowadays, but... I think it's get six five in a match day squad, isn't it? But that's that's what I'm saying. You know, I, I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with your point in that the last yeah. time we we went out and bought quality, proven quality at this level, and there's an argument maybe to say that Ben Whiteman was quality. Um, you know, you could see that from what he'd done in League One, but was untested at the level. Um, but. That I don't remember the last time we went out and bought proven championship quality. You know, I remember the the windows when it was rumored about DJ Brown, Piero, and Davo all leaving in in the same window, and you you're sitting there thinking like, you know, you can go about decades, and we've never gone out and spent significant sums of money. Well, actually, no, you don't have to spend significant amounts of money to go and get quality you know there's been how many players on freeze this summer that we've been linked with after i'm waiting for and they've ended up going elsewhere um you, there's just no track record from the club going back to billy davis's days probably before where we've gone out and signed proven quality at, at the level that we're at 
Well, said team last night. I mean, you've got Woodman, who's who's, who's bounced around a bit, and he's he's played a few games at this level. Potts was he not signed from lower league for Barnsley? I can't remember where Barnsley were when we signed. Barnsley, lower league, yeah, yeah. So you got you got him, Whiteman, Story, all from lower league last night. But BJ still here from our Division One day, our League One days. Brady, you know, I don't think there's any arguments there about what he brings, but at least from Premier League, Parrot Premier League loan. Reese, he was an unknown despite what he's done. It was a gamble. He was unknown. He, he failed. You know, he had chances here in, in England, but you know, McCann's from Scotland, and we've had a few horror stories there. But you know, we, we don't go out, and you know, I know there aren't be money. We can't afford to go and spend eight nine, but but. We'd, who, it's the identified of talent, isn't it? Or lack of talent. Who are we signing? What, what's the criteria? What, well, we're, the, we're told, aren't we, that, that we, as a club, we work harder and smarter than any other club. But you've just reeled off a load of players there, V, that we've signed from League Two and League One. And there's an it's argument. It's a gamble to I get guess. lucky, I think. Um, I think to an extent, it is a bit of a gamble. Any player's a gamble in it, but. You know, you, you know can... what I mean? Are, are, they, are they not identifying players to, 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 to sign and to improve with the promise that we'll sell them on? You know, we've done it really, we've done that we've done it well, but but again it's 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 only so long it lasts, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I'd, you I'd... only need one bad window where you identify these league one, these league two players, Tim Pot teams and if you get a bad window and there's no quality there, you're going to struggle, aren't you? Well, we've and, had that in the past, you know, haven't we? Exactly. We either sort of an arch, you've got two, you've got quality in there, aren't you? Who, who on their own can win your games. You know, we haven't got that this season. I think we've got it. I don't think we've got, I don't think we're in danger of going down at all, but, you know, if you finish 14th, 15th, what quality are you bringing next summer? You're dropping again, aren't you? And that, that's the worry, isn't it? What was the long, I always think it's week to week with North End. It's week two, right? Let's get some cheap season tickets sold. We'll deal with the fallout if we don't sign and when that, that happens. There's no plan. It doesn't seem yeah. to be any plan. What's what is the plan? Uh, What's the strategy? What's the long term vision? You know, Lowe's come in and you look at the window that we've had and you get the feeling that he's not he's not planning for the long term. He's planning for the next two years max, maybe. And then uh, he'll either get potted or the first sniff of another another job he'll be off I see yeah. it being the latter based on how things are going at the minute I'll be honest but just makes you think doesn't it I mean I miss the days we had a lot of success didn't we sort of towards the end of our time in League One and when we got promoted for the Championship in terms of recruiting that was when we did probably have a cra- smart recruitment strategy returning players who were young hungry upcoming who would almost use us as a stepping stone the likes of Johnson who although he hasn't moved on because had plenty of time where he could have done and probably should have done for his own career. You've got the likes of Piero, Callum Robinson, Jordan Hugel all arriving for some you know, decent low amounts of money, but then with a lot of potential that have gone on and obviously earned moves elsewhere. But I think the worry for me now is for some reason, sort of when Neil came in, and this isn't a criticism of Neil, it just seems to coincide with that. We tended to move towards you know, players in the next stage of their career that were like you're 24, 25 minimal sell-ons or workman-like players in lower levels to try and make the step and we haven't really had that much success with it. I mean, the only ones that you could argue have been successful this year was Story and Hughes but even for them it took them ages to adapt to the level. I mean, Story's been out on loan. Hughes has had times where he's 
not really been in the team and it's for me that sort of turning point that's killed us off in the last four or five years. Hughes has had to change position to sort of start getting the praise from some sections of the fan base. You know, he came in as a left back, let's not forget. And he's now playing as a left centre back. Yeah, exactly. You know, you look at, uh, to an extent, maybe, I'd argue that it's perhaps a bit easier to go out and find those sort of gems from a Premier League academy or lower league when you are in the lower leagues, when you are in League One. Because I think you don't, you don't pay big bucks when you're at that level. So I think you can, you can maybe stomach signing one or two that aren't as good and don't sort of live up to what you'd expect. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just it's frustrating, and uh, and we've got a question about it um, coming up. But it does feel a bit like the club's just happy where they are at the minute, just happy to stay in the league. I think in terms of bringing in them type of players, I think you've probably got to do it, but with other signings as well. I mean, the bulk of that squad from League One that sort of stayed in the Championship. I mean, the likes of Ben Pearce and Callum Robinson, they weren't chucked in straight away. We had enough sort of quality in the ranks that it could be nurtured in and given 30 minutes off the bench and sort of cradled at the first team as such. But I think now the problem we've got is the teams that lacking in quality and lacking in certain depth are crying out for signings to go in and straight away improve the first team. Whereas that couple of years in League One where we had a, a real lot of quality, the likes of Paul Gallagher, Joe Garner, players like that, Tom Clark, Bailey Wright, where going into the Championship, similar type of players. Now we're looking at players who are going to come in and have to offer us something straight away. So I think if we are to go down that path again now, it's going to have to be bringing in players that are going to improve us that probably are going to cost a couple of million quid in order to improve us. They probably are going to have to break the wage structure a bit and break the transfer record. But then you're going to have to subsidise it as well with you know players that are going to come in and improve the team over time. Because I think that's what likes of Luton have done and they're reaping the rewards of it now. So I think it is still possible, but I don't think you could be probably going to have to change the way you go about it and you know have a bit of few signings that are more pricey and a few signings that are ones for the future as such. Like, you know, you'll always get back what we, we spend within our means, you know, and, and this is the budget constraints. And Well, my, my response to that is we'll find ways to increase your budget. You know, it might not be that simple, but, you know, we, we, we seem just to fall back that on that every time, don't we? You know, we, we, we can't afford this player because this is our budget set by this. And right, fine, but, you know, Look, look at other revenue streams. I mean, you know, what are we doing? Are we maximise everything, you know? We, we sold 12 and a half, whatever, the season tickets. You know, the, the concern surely now has to be how many of them are going to renew, you know, in, in terms of given the, the kind of the window and, and I know we're very early season, so I don't want to be negative in that respect, but, you know, you, you've got to start to think about it, haven't you? You've got to start to plan, you know, it, we need to retain them, don't we? Don't go all out at 280 quid for season tickets and then offer them nothing and, and, and 30% walk away because how are you going to get them back? And then you're back to the same thing, aren't you? You've you've no money or, or you've no budget to, to increase and it's just a vicious circle, but it's a vicious circle in a downward spiral. It's ever in. So, I don't know. I, 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 it goes back to that planning, doesn't it? What is What do they want to do? Are they quite happy treading water? Uh because actually, it's, it's it's not a good long-term approach, is it? As we found I mean, before when we came down. The club is obviously never going to come out and say, look, we're happy to be in the Championship. We have no ambition to get promoted. We're just happy treading water, staying where we are. But 
equally, I think when people have supported North End for as long as you know us three have, and many other fans that are, are listening, you see the patterns season after season. And Ryan Lowe did a great job when he came in of uniting the fan base, getting everyone back on side, and I think getting people believing that things could change. Um, whether or not he's gotten a bit carried away with himself or whether he's been given false promises, I, I don't know. Um, but it it's the same old story every season, isn't it? You know, and and if if the club weren't so sort of adamant about this, yeah, we've got Premier League ambition, then I don't think there'd be as much kickback as there is at the minute. I think the way the club, whatever the ambition is, I think things have probably above Ryan Lowe. As much as I'm, like I said, not really in Lowe's court at the minute, I think the people above him that have probably got to look at themselves as well. I mean, he has been dealt a bad hand in the transfer window. He's been left, I think, horribly uh, under-equipped, certainly on that right-hand side, as we alluded to. But, I mean, the video you mentioned before is the way to increase your revenue stream. And I think if you can do that, brilliant. But I think you've got to be more creative sometimes in the way you are spending that money. I mean, Peter Ridsdale's job is, you know, with his role in recruitment, as he's got that amount of money to spend, he's got to, you know, be as creative as that as possible and is, you know, chasing season pros on massive wages for, you know, two months of a three-month window and is chasing players like uh, Javi Quintilla, who's never, ever going to make the, uh, you know, the work permit visa thing, points-wise, really that best amount of your time. I mean, with... It is a lot harder nowadays with uh, obviously Brexit and things to do, foreign deals, but I think foreign deals are the ones that a lot of championship clubs, you know, look at the likes of the Brentford model and stuff have had success with over the time. I think, you know, I think long term, for us to be successful, we've got to find someone else to deal with those things and more modern way of looking at it because, you know, signing two in five players turning out successful and signing constantly from the domestic market and the way it is nowadays and how inflated it is, you're not going to get anywhere. And I think this is a real window where it's Shown more than ever how sort of behind we are with that. It's almost lazy, isn't it? It, it, it? We haven't got enough money, so we'll just sign whoever. You know, yeah, it's poor, it, isn't it? Sam said that it's, it's not necessarily. Yeah, it's not simply you can you can increase your, your budget by three, four, five million by selling a few extra kits. I get that, but it's a lazy approach and it's a standard line trotted out. Well, we haven't. We've got a budget. Well, make that work budget work better then. You know, exactly. What, you know what? What are we doing? What is again? Like I go back to what is the strike this summer? You know. Was Parrot really ever a target? Or was he someone who became available? We need someone. We need a body, don't we? We need a body. We, we you know, Maguire and Ched haven't scored much. You've got Reese, who you know could have left any time. So you know, you need someone. You need a, you need a body in there. Uh, you know, his, his goal scoring record isn't great. Uh, Parrot, that is, and they brought him in. So, so what was the what was the thinking behind that? Was it was he actually someone they identified early on? They waited and waited and waited. You know, when the archer became less and less likely and they came out that he was staying. Uh, I know we had a couple of weeks where it was kind of he, he was staying at Villa and then it started to to circulate he might be using exchange on loan to, to a couple of clubs. But you know, I'd love to know what what, what the thinking behind Parrot was standing. You know, he's hardly set the world alight at MK Dons, you know, in a league below us. So what, what what makes you think he's going to drop into us and, and, and score goals? Because you know he's not scoring nine. You know, um, it's it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, 
Well, the uh, problem currently, my first thought was it would be someone who could bring the best out of Reese in terms of dropping deep, allowing you know, potentially to feed off Reese. And the first couple of games linked up really well, but then he went through that phase after the Luton game where Parrott was starting up front on his own, not really looking a goal threat, and Reese were in the team. So then, you know, you wonder is it, like Zavi said, a panic buy? Is it, you know, Ridsdale's got certain ideas of how he should play and the players he wants to bring in, and then, you know, the gaffers disagreeing with him? It's, you just wonder because that. It seems not to all link together. The type of players are bringing in, that's a Brady and Parrot. If he doesn't want to play with Reese, it just seems to not be linked together as such. It seems that there's a lot of people putting ideas towards the way you play without a real, like the V said earlier, strategy or any sort of eluding the targets together. And it's just, you know, we're struggling with it at the minute. I, aren't think, we? I think for me, the, the concern started when Chad Evans was linked with a move away and Ryan Lowe came out and said something along the lines of, um, it'd take a million quid for him to be let go because it, it was almost like well if Chad goes I'm not going to replace him because I've no money to spend to replace him um, so I think for me that was when alarm bells started ringing that actually the end of this window might not bear the fruit that we all know we need you know, what, 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 you know going back what's the plan then if, if you're going to chuck out the street season tickets get people involved, get people invested, get people excited, then not sign anyone of, of, of note. It, it, it just seems such short term. It's almost working week to week, isn't it? Month to month. Whereas what is the plan? Right, we'll chuck these season tickets on, on, on sale, cheaper price, we'll get people in, you know, and fair play. Both the club and the fans for, for backing it, but but what's it? What's what's the long term for it? You know, because we've not brought anyone in, so there's already people probably not even going on it's only 280 quid out I don't mind if I miss a couple of games and and all of a sudden all the goodwill and, and the idea has gone out the window because they've not had some sort of but they, and like I say you can't keep trying to oh well we don't have the money people don't want to hear it people don't want to hear that do they that's the thing it's we've heard that haven't we for years and years and years and it's been the same thing over and over and over again and We've not we've not gone anywhere. All right, we got our League One, but since we've been back in the Championship, we've just tread water. Apart from that season under Alex Neil, where he sort of extracted every last thing that he could out of the group of players that he had at his disposal, and just missed out on the playoffs. But I think a a point that um, this is from a message from Brownie in the group um, and he's he's sort of asked the question is is the club for sale um, I know uh, Peter and whoever else at the club will always sort of say well you know we're we're never going to turn down interest and, and what not and if a deal can be struck a deal can be struck but um, Brownie's message he said does anyone else reckon that we might be a little further along with a sale than we all know it was only Chris Kirchner and his leaks that caused it all to reach the press last time. Uh, you would think after all of that that the next attempt will be covered by some serious non-disclosure agreements. Surely Peter knew what the budget was this summer and that he could only sign within the budget, so why the change toward the end? Unless he used it all knowing what we needed and th what the manager wanted, which was two more. Also, he's been very quiet following the end of the window barring a few facebook messages and a few twitter dms to fans he's not done an i follow interview or there's not been one of his statements on the website and 
I, I get what he means. Like there was the sudden change toward the end of the window. You know, it went from we need two more to I'm not just going to go and sign anyone, which basically, and then, well, there was Peter's message, wasn't there, on Twitter, when he messaged a fan and said, I've no money to spend, or whatever it was. And then, you know, Peter has been quiet in terms of um, his sort of interviews and stuff that he tends to do with, with the club. Um, what what do you think? Do you think we are maybe a little bit further down the road with the sale, or they are actively looking to get rid of the club now? Hence, getting a lot of players off the wage bill last summer. Um, cheap season tickets gets the ground full, makes it makes it potentially a lot more attractive to a potential new owner. It must be something because I think you know. I think when you're a buyer, I mean, I'm not sure I'm sure on the exact finances, but I think I read somewhere once North End on average was losing about three quarters of a million pound a month. So when the and it was Trevor's love for the club that seemed to keep it going. So then it's probably a big burden on the family to lose that money. And then in terms of, a, you know, you want to bring them costs down as much as you can. You want to be losing as little money as you can in order to be, you know, attractive to a buyer. So if that's what they've got to do to get, you know, the, the club off their hands. And I understand completely why they're doing it because as much as we you know we're all Preston North and fans and we want to see, sound like Love Ryan Lowe then saying the full name, we're all Preston fans. You know, we want the best for the club. We want the money being spent smartly in investment. If it's not of their interest and it's the, their inheritance, their money, it's completely understandable why they want it off the books. And whether it means sacrificing a year or two or, you know, risking all the good feeling around the club and not having a big budget, you can completely understand why if it's going to help them get it off the books. And it's moving towards that sort of cash neutral idea, isn't it? Where someone can come in and not be losing loads of money and, you know, whatever they put in is sort of shown in the football club as opposed to just keeping it running. I, I, for once, I don't know. Uh, I think it, it's always surprised me that someone, no matter how much he was worth, was prepared to to fund a loss for so many years. Uh, you know, we, we got we we had some good sales which covered that over the years. Robinson, Hugo, that sort of thing. Uh, I look as I think you know there must be a few other clubs that people maybe rather buy. You know, maybe we are. I, I honestly don't know. I honestly do not know. I think, you know, we've lost a lot of money over these, aren't we? And I think, why, why is someone with money and financially savvy, would you, would you buy us? Yeah. So is that a naive view? But why, why, would, you, what, what would, you, why would you buy an authentic? Yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone ever buys a football club for, I don't think anyone ever buys a football club an investment, do they? It's probably more no. of a, a vanity. So, so, it's so probably better there's... ones to buy than North yeah. End. So that's what I think. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's... Tough one, isn't it? This, this. Mm. Um, in terms of listener questions, then there's a, there's a couple that I've I've picked out. Uh, one from uh, Jeff Linton on Twitter, who is quite quite a morbid one. Well, not morbid, quite a miserable one. Uh, and he's he's asked, "What's the point? The club has shown time and time again that they are content where we are. They have no ambition." If they did, they would have done what even Stevie Wonder saw and brought in what was needed. But at least we're debt-free and we have a good training ground. So I guess the question is, what's the point? At the moment, not a lot. I, I dare say, um, for some people, and you you mentioned it at the start of the episode, V, um, I think some people, they're just going through the motions. It's something to do, in it, on a Saturday and a 
and a midweek night and just go on north end and and again away games it's probably more the social and spending time with your pals and going on the piss and whatever it's probably more that than it actually is the football at the moment that's what it's like for me I mean I go quite regularly home and away I'll do at least 40 to 46 games a season I think it's more just habit like I was bored as fuck this weekend last weekend I don't know what to do so I think it's just a case of it fills your weekend up so but I mentioned it like to you in the group chat last night Jake like I felt a bit I think a lot of people fell for the hype at the start of the season and you said you felt violated but I feel a bit of a mug now for band to this hype that you know the shackles are off and things are changing and then I think the issue is for the club now anything going forward if they try this sort of excitement marketing technique again I think they're going to struggle and I think a lot of fans now more than ever are probably feeling like you know we are just it's a very sort of plain sailing at the business, isn't it? Not a lot happening. And it is probably habit for a lot of fans. I think, yeah, yeah. you always got those who go on water, whatever. I think it, it cycles, isn't it? You eat certain ages in your life where you, you drop off and, and it doesn't become as attractive and you come back maybe. I think we'll always have that core of, of decent season ticket sales. Obviously, we've jumped up this year. But again, I just think it's short term, isn't it? You know, they, they, put, the, they put season tickets on. And, and not really followed it up with anything. They, they don't you know, try to line about uh, the training ground, the Premier League training ground. You know, we're not interested. We're rather than kick a ball around and Moor Park and sign Archer, you know. Then, then, and I think they don't they don't understand what people want. You know, people want a team that wins. People want a team that's successful. They're not really bothered about anything else. You know, I'm bothered if my seat's cleaned. I'm not bothered if I've got a fan zone, I want to see a team that wins. And that's why you watch it. I'm not even bothered about what quality of football they pay, play. And I think there's, there's too much almost thinking what do the fans want and then we'll just deal with that in the short term and, and not having any sort of, you know, you don't have to come out with a message. I don't, you know, I don't believe when, when, when Ridsdale comes out with statements, you know, I don't need, don't need to, don't, he's, he's got a job to do. He shouldn't be trying to keep fans happy in that respect. He's got a job to do. Go and do it. You know, it, there's too much, you know. Sometimes I say tin pot politics within it. You know, it's what is the plan? What is the long term vision for the club in terms think, of what they want? Yeah, and I think uh, that 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 for me, you know, signings. You talk about players not available, and, and why do we do it? And, and all this. I say they chucked on the cheap season tickets. You know, there, there's, there's people not going on probably already. You know, what bother if you lose Saturday, there's a couple of weeks off until the next game. Is it West Brom on a, on a Tuesday, Wednesday night? Is it on Sky as well? You know, it's all right selling them. You get the cash in, but if you're not getting them back next year, you've got a problem, haven't you? Because yeah. that idea that what, what people have been banging on for years put cheap season tickets on sale. But it just seems, well, we'll just worry about that for the summer 2022 and we'll, we'll, we won't do anything for the next year. You know, no offense, it'll strike me, you know, the people involved in it are the type of people who strike me. So they'll go on holiday, they'll book a taxi to the airport to get them there, but they don't worry about getting a taxi home until they get back. You know what I mean? It, it's that lack of foresight. They don't, you know, we'll be with that when we come back. We'll just keep everyone happy. We'll keep the family happy. We'll get them to the airport and then we're on our holidays, aren't we? That's a and great then, analogy. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll worry about getting them when we get back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think and, on, and, on one hand, I, I, I don't think... 
you know the this the work that the club have done with PSC. I don't think anyone can knock that because it, it's good that they are listening to the fans. But I think it does quite simply, like you said, V, boil down to winning football is all that people want ultimately. You know, you get. Yeah, we banged on about what. Why do kids walk around in Man City tops? Why do kids walk about years gone by with United tops on? Because they're winning. Because they're winning. You know, if, if we got into the Premier League, went to the top six, whatever, people would buy stuff. You know, yeah, it is a costing. I, I don't mean to be belligerent about that and, and, and blase, but ultimately, people go and watch a, a successful team. And that's what it's about. And I, and I think they've lost sight of actually what the aim of the game is, and it's to win football matches. And there is maybe too much trying to, you know, I, I do think we've seen actions and, and incidents where maybe it's it's playing to the masses almost with, with, with certain things. And I think, you know, the vast majority, we live also like in a golfish ball. It's what we see on social media or we read about a bit in the, you know, even, I mean, I don't even in read the LEP as such, but it seems like a very small window, which has been, and we've got thousands of fans who don't access that, who want to see a winning football team. You know, and, and and that's that's what you've got to focus on. And you, you're winning football team by having a plan. And, yeah. and 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 do we have a plan, or are we too interested in keeping people happy? And I'm sure there's people out there who've, who've had phone calls, and I think you know, text messages, conversations, meetings, and and really, you know, should that be the job of senior people at the club in that respect? You know, it, it's you know, well, in, in terms well, it's of a mess, but it's a worry. Yeah. Well, in terms of a plan, I think that leads quite nicely on to the next question, which is from uh, at Chaosphere underscore PNE on Twitter. And he's said, given the budgetary constraints at the club, what is everyone on the pod's opinion on a path forward in January? Realistically, are we just filling the positions that we failed to fill this summer or do we actually recruit for the longer term knowing that we've got nine players out of contract next summer? I don't think the well, I think the club is to a certain sense are daft. I think if someone comes available that for cheap enough, he wants to come to North End, like like the Freddie Woodman, I think he was probably given a bit of stick for in the recruitment. I think in terms of need of the goalkeeper, they wanted a long term keeper, probably didn't want to keep relying on the loan market. Freddie Woodman came available, they did the business at whatever cost, I don't know, but we've never really I can't remember in a while. We haven't I mean Arch last year, to be fair, came in and was a really good January signing, but we often don't tend to recruit what we need in January, do we? We tend to leave it to the summer. We tend to go into the January windows too far away from the playoffs, you know, to really make an impact. I mean, Alex Neal's third season when he had us top of the league, we were in and around the the top four then. Crying out for a striker to help carry us over the line, didn't get it, ended up falling away towards the end of the season. So I think if someone comes along, he's available. I'll have to hopefully think the club will do it. But in terms of a long process, I don't see us suddenly snapping our fingers like that and looking at the foreign markets and as I previously alluded to I don't see the recruitment strategy changing where they've got fresher ideas got fresher people doing things so you know I think it'll just be a case of we'll sign a right wing back maybe keep the fans happy maybe alone sign and nothing long term and then you know like the V said go back to square one in the summer and just see what happens there I've, I've zero confidence in him to you know work really astutely and improve our chances of getting into the top six or finishing the season strongly yeah, I think, you know, if, you, if you're still looking to identify players, I mean, you know, they should be doing it now, shouldn't they? Should be doing it now. Not not in January and thinking again. 
does someone come available who, who would be a bit of a marquee signing like Archer? I think I think they almost think now, you know, if we was able to pull Archer off in, in January, uh, then everyone will just be be happy that we could be bottom at league, but no matter we sign Cameron Archer, you know, it, it's I think that's that's the approach for for it. You know, they're not identifying areas where they need or players that can fill that area, which we, which we need, uh, and doing work and doing work behind the scenes and, and getting those players lined up to come in uh, and strengthen that team. It's, you know, again, it's you leave it to the end of January, which we have done previously. You know, you four or five extra games in, aren't you? It's it's missed opportunities. Yeah, and I think it's very reactive, isn't it? It's very reactive. It's not. We're not proactive. It goes I back think... to the signings we've had over the years. You know, how many of them have been identified? You know, Graham Burke, Ripley, people like that. You know, are they players? We, if you're telling me they're players... Joe Rassity as well. You are? Joe Rassity as well. He's another yeah, you know, Rafferty, who else is there? Wickham, you know, Nugent, Green, Andre Green, who else? You know, Ginelli. You know, these sort of players. Are, they, are these players we identified to bring in? Or these players, we just thought, you know, they'll boost numbers. You know, because none of them, you know, there's a lot who haven't, who haven't done anything. You know, we're not talking about doing anything. They've not played. Most you know, have come in, haven't they? And, think... and, and gone without really impacting the club in, in any way, shape yeah. or form. You know, you look at and that's... Izzy Brown, Connor Wickham, Jamie Thomas. That's three from last season. Josh Murphy never started a game. Four players from last season that... When did Sunday? When did he come? Uh, last summer. summer, yeah. All of Sunday. <laughs> it, so you five lads. You, 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 what's the point? It's pissing money up the wall, isn't it? That's all it is. It's criminal. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's criminal to get so many wrong. And you know, especially when you've what? got such little money to spend in the first place as well, you've got to be astute of it, haven't you? Which you know, within the polar opposite of. Do you, do you buy into so this? If you're getting two out of five right, you're doing all right. No, five out of five. Why? What? Why settle? Yeah. I, th- I think this is this is endemic in the club. Oh well, we got two right. Well, what about the three you got wrong? Yeah. You know. You, I, I, I don't get it. It's why? Why aren't? Mindset, why aren't we? Why aren't we going out trying to get five right signings or at least four right signings? Or if we're signing ten players, you want to be aiming for at least eight out of the ten, nine out of the ten, uh, the right kind of players and a successful. Not settling for like two out of five or four out of ten. Like it's not even hard. No signings ever risk money free, is it? I mean. No, it's no. not. But but I think I think like when you say you know we, we've got the nineteenth budget but we're fifteenth in the league. Well, I'm I'm not interested in that. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a relationship, I suppose, but I don't want to hear it. I, I, come out, I want to win the league. I want to win the league, you know. And I, and I think, you know, negativity breeds negativity. Oh, we, we, we signed five and two have been good, yeah, but, we, you know, we have three wasted. And the list is as long as we are. And we, we then played, you know, just four from last summer, five from last summer. And you talk about, you know, Sam was saying that about the money. Let's just say it on a grand a week, it's five grand. You know, it's five grand. And you're not telling me that could be spent better within the club then. You know, and these lads, we're not talking about lads who have, who have been, but lads who just haven't played. Just haven't played. Well, you look at, you you look know, at so, Wickham. So why and, haven't they played? Well, you look at Wickham and Izzy Brown 
and it it didn't take a genius to figure out why they didn't play. You know, they've got a history of injury records. Um, so it was no surprise when the inevitable happened and they came in and both got injured. Well, you got Jamie Thomas, Izzy Brown and Connor Wickham. The two of them never kicked a championship ball for us and they're on the wage structure for a year. Yeah. They're taking up places in the 25-man squad, which to be fair, they didn't in the end, but they could have done if they got injured in the season. Got placed in the 25-man squad that could be filmed by other people and you can have say what he wants about two in five successful but that's not a way your modern day club should work you've got to be street with your business every player's got to you know be impacting the first team in some way shape or form and we can't have passengers anymore that's killed us for window after window giving out stupid length contracts to players who shouldn't have it signing them in the first place to players who shouldn't be there and haven't got a future at the club it's killed us now and we'll still be feeling the effects of it now even if a few of them has gone even if they released it and the contracts last summer there's still a few there who probably shouldn't be Chad Evans, two-year deal. Liam Lindsay, as good as he's been. Surprised when he got a two-year deal. Jordan Story signed a four-year deal, went out on loan six months later. Brad Potts signed a three-year deal. They've either getting the kick of the ball last year. Even though these are players who might be playing effective now, they're probably players I don't see us having in the long term. And then you can't shift them. It's terrible business. I think if you like say, if you're taking two out of five, that's 40%, isn't it? So if you're looking to win 40% of your games, you gain 55 points. You know, you you you're eighteen, nineteen, forty. Yeah, just so keep taking that approach. Yeah, I, I think you know you always you're not going to sign a belt every time. But why have to try out? You know, they're not all going to go. Fine, I'm going to. That's your job. That's your job. <laughs> that that's what I sometimes struggle with. Is that they come out with it and think, well, that's actually your job. You give me excuse mm. for not doing your job well. I don't want to think as well. The thing that always used to sort of annoy me was you'd ask about certain players, why have we signed him, why have we signed him? Oh, the manager wanted him. Oh, the manager wanted him. Well, it's easy to say that, isn't it, when the manager's never going to come out and say otherwise. He's not going to come out and say, no, I didn't want to sign that player because like, <laughs> that lands him in a spot of bother, doesn't it? But equally, when the manager's left, he's also not going to come out and say, no, I didn't want that player because he's at another club, you would assume. So it's a bit, it's like passing the book, isn't it? Oh, well, the manager wanted him. It's not me. Manager wanted him. So I was just backing the manager. Just so, so not, like, we've seen it time and time. We always refer to the Alex Neal times in this pod, but I think it's a pivotal like, moment in the football club. He wanted Jamal Lowe. He wanted Ivan Tony. He wanted Adam Armstrong. He ended up with a crippled David Nugent. You're not going to improve your football club signing these types of players, and it's killed us for years. And I think even though I'm not in Lowe's Court and I'm not in Lowe's Court to the extent I was with Alex Neal, this summer you had a fantastic opportunity. You've sold a load of season tickets to bring bums on seats long-term at Deepdale. You had a fantastic opportunity with a galvanised fan base which we haven't had for years. And I doubt we'll get for years now and they've just absolutely they've made a hash of it really, haven't they? And whether you know, it was waffle to sell season tickets, whether it was they've genuinely just they've had money to them and they haven't spent it or whether it was just a small budget for whatever reason. You've missed out on a huge opportunity here, and I, I do feel that you know, long term, it's going to affect the football club badly in terms of attracting fans. I really do. Yeah, they, they, they've gone out on a limb, haven't they? And if they don't follow it up in, with something else, they're going to. It could potentially not backfire, but they, they could be left with a problem, couldn't they? That, that I think that's again, it's it's not looking to almost down the line, is it? It's not looking. But I don't necessarily think, you know, at the end of the day, the club owe you anything when you buy a season ticket. That's your choice. But equally, 
there's got to be a bit of almost give and take. There's got to be working together and, and in terms of trying to harness relationships, trying to, you know, make it attractive. And, you know, p- people, you know, everyone knows a load of lads who, who, who used to go on, who stopped, and all of a sudden they're on for six months. You know, they don't even miss, they don't even watch the the bigger games because they just got out of the loop, haven't they? And, and it's all right to come same when we did draw. But again, you know, it's, they're your blood, aren't they? That's what you need them. You know, without them, you've got nothing. You've no team, you've no income. And, and I just think they've got, to, they've got to start getting it right. Because this, is what, this is what makes me think back. that this, the, there must be something going on with a sale. You know, 12, 18 months ago, whenever it was, Peter came out and was was trotting the cash neutral line and then we see what happened this summer. Um it it's the only thing that makes sense to me. Um but yeah we could sit here for another two hours discussing that I think. But in terms of Saturday, uh, obviously Sheffield United come to town, top of the league. Um six wins and two draws from their opening nine games. I think to say it's going to be a tough game would be an understatement. Uh, you know, I'll be honest, I don't know much about them, to be honest. I watched them in the playoffs last season against Forest. I thought they were awful. So, uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm quietly confident. I think, despite all the negativity, uh, I think we'll beat them. Uh, I, think, I, think we'll beat them quite, I think we'll beat them comfortably, actually. I think we'll beat them comfortably. Yeah, I, I, am, I, am strangely, I am strangely confident as well. Um but I don't think it'll be a 3-1. I think it'll be smash and grab, 1-0, maybe a 2-1. Um, I know that's that's a, a bold prediction, given that we've just last night improved our home goal-scoring record by 100%, um, given that we scored <laughs> one goal at home. But, yeah, I, I think there's they've been a bit of change, aren't there, at Sheffield United in the summer, um, brought in a few new players, Um Heckingbottom's got him playing obviously very well. Um Red Akadra scored the, the winner last night for them. Big fan of him. I thought he was really good at Rovers last season. Um yeah, it'll it'll be tough, it'll be a battle. Let's just hope we don't end up going down to ten men like we did when we played them last time and had to come back. I think keeping all the Sanderbird for them is massive as well. Obviously we have moved away on deadline day, wasn't he, Mitch, obviously? didn't occur and he's an absolute monster at this level but it's a thing with no offend isn't it we seem to happened a lot with McAvoy last year we seem to turn up when no one expects us to and we seem to always fare decently against the, the top teams and I think they've sold about five and a half thousand so it should be a good atmosphere certainly in the away end on a Saturday they tend to be quite high scoring clashes against Sheffield United don't they sort of 2-2 twice last season so you know, it'll be nice to see some goals flying hopefully at our end anyway that'd be nice but I wouldn't say I'm confident, but I wouldn't say I'm dismissive either. I think the defence will have to be on top four. I think it's the first time they'll properly get tested because they're scoring quite a lot of goals. Sheffield United, they've got a lot of dangerous players in this final third. Ryan Brewster, Ola McBurney seems to have kicked into gear recently. Reda Kadara as well, or however you pronounce his name. I'm terrible with names like that, but a lot to be a lot to look forward to. I'm being nervous about. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it should be a good atmosphere. You know, like we've said it before in the past. Credit to uh, North End Souls and everyone at PNA Online that's that's done 
the work to try and improve the atmosphere at Deepdale. It's um, it's been. And if you're nicking the flags, put them back. Yeah, said it before. Don't be a bastard. Yeah, I think you know stuff like that is always it always needs to be sort of highlighted and commended. Uh, and when you've got an opponent coming with five, five and a half thousand, it only it only adds to it. So I am looking forward to it. You know, um, should be good. Just hope we come out on the right side. Um, yeah, boys, I think we can we can call that a podcast. Unless you've got anything else you want to no, say. No, score predictions off us. Oh yeah, we didn't. Well, V did. V did is. So, what? Go on, Sam. What? What? What do you reckon? Uh, oh, I don't give a fuck. Nil, nil, nil. Fucking hell! All that build up. Um, yeah. Well, no, I said, man. I think one, one nil, two one. Low scoring. I think we'll win. Um, watch now. We'll end up getting pumped five nil or something. Back the nil, nil. Always do. Yeah. Three one, three one. No worries. I think it's uh, yeah, you see. You do the math. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they don't worry me. They worry me last season, and uh, we had a good start for a player, but yeah, confident. You've got to be, aren't you? Thanks very much, fellas. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, another week, another draw, and I think Saturday potentially the biggest test we've had in the league so far this season. Um, but yeah. Cheers, fellas. Thanks very much for your time. Cheers, mate. Always a pleasure. Cheers, nice mate. Nice one. Appreciate it. No, thanks for coming on, V. We'll, uh, we'll do it again sometime. That's right.